This episode of the Tokunet podcast is sponsored by Tokulectables, CS Toys Japan, and the webcomic Red Belt. If you would like to hear your name or business at the beginning of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash the Tokunet. And welcome to the latest episode of the Tokusatsu Network Podcast. It is episode 54, and we're talking about a really fun subject Tokusatsu toys! I mean, who doesn't love toys? I know I do. So I'm your host, Nicole, and I have three very, very special team members with me. I have Josh. Say hi. Hi, everybody. I have our resident toy expert, Malonis. Oh my god, I knew somebody was gonna do that. <laughs> I wish I didn't have my toys all buried or I'd like play with them on the podcast. <laughs> um, and then we have a, another team member who's joining us for the first time on the podcast, Ashton. Hey there, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. It's always fun when we get new team members on with us so everybody else can meet you as well. And I know you are certainly a toy enthusiast, so I hope you enjoy the craziness that is our podcast. Oh, definitely. I love talking about toys. It's all I do as a 35-year-old man. <laughs> I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. <laughs> Don't pull that card here. We all watch kid shows. <laughs> That's true. That's what we need to remind ourselves. Like, this is a kid show. We're all watching. We're all adults watching kid shows. But nothing wrong with that. So why don't we jump into talking about our own collections? So, for instance, you know, what do you like to collect? that's from tokusatsu if there's a specific kind of toy or if you like to collect a variety of toys i don't know josh why don't you tell us about your collection what do you have in it what's your favorite piece what's the first one you bought and we'll go from there okay uh well as far as my collection goes uh i started collecting right away when i started getting into tokusatsu back in 2006 uh one of the first things i saw was common writer the first so my very first purchase was the Metal Chogokin series Kamen Rider the first figure. And it was interesting getting that for those of you who have it. They're they're basically kind of die-cast metal figures, and they were kind of the precursor to what became fig arts. But the problem with them was they had these uh, tiny, almost comically small, thin, alien-like head renditions of what the actor looked like, but you didn't oh. really keep them like that you just put the helmet on them and the helmet was you know the right scale to the rest of the body but seeing the head underneath was really um scary slash funny uh and <laughs> oh, then we're talking about socha kenshin yes that that that's the line uh and so from there i got into of course belt collecting uh got uh only a few of them at retail price when, you know, they came out in the series. First one being the Kabuto Zector, because that's when I got in during Kamen Rider Kabuto. And then I just started hunting down whatever I could, getting into all the different things, uh, belts, fig arts, candy toys, 
I did try to do soft bees for a little bit, but then I wasn't really satisfied with the level of detail on them. And then now uh, I've very much gotten into, Mal, I think you do this too, the, the Sodo lines or the Shodo line figures. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just got some from my local uh, Japanese food mart over here of Kamen Rider V3 and Kamen Rider X with both of their bikes. Um, so that's what I'm currently collecting. Other than that, I have every Heisei belt, Kuga through Geo. And funny enough, right before we started recording, I'm checking on my shipping for my zero one driver to get here because it's got at least two weeks to show up and i'd like it to be here now oh my god i didn't realize you had all the heisei belts yeah that was no small undertaking uh a lot of them were at least half of them were uh resold through yahoo japan auctions Mm -hmm. thankfully they were all kept in almost immaculate condition uh one or two of them actually having been modded not by me by the person who had them uh, so it's nice to have certain things that are wearable, but then later on down the road, Bandai gets you with the CSM belts, and we'll mm. probably talk more about that later. Yeah, oh my god, those CSM belts. I was about to ask, you had all the belts, how many of them are CSM? <laughs> Just one, and that would be my uh, Arkle, the Kuga belt. Ooh, ah. good choice, good choice. Oof. That's a good belt. But that was actually something I was going to ask is where do you typically buy your toys? I know you mentioned the market for the Shoto figures and you like um, Yahoo. Is it Yahoo Auctions Japan or Yahoo Japan Auctions? I never know how to say it right. I've always said it is Yahoo Japan Auctions. I think that's the correct uh, order those words go in. But really, I've gone from everywhere. I've bought from most of the major retailers, uh, Toe Collectibles, uh our friends over at CS Toys, uh, eBay, Amazon, uh, some middleman services at conventions, you name it, I've probably bought through there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good to have a variety. I've mm-hmm. done the same. Um, what about you, Mal? What a, I know if anybody that actually reads the site and takes a look at his Shoto articles, I always love just to see the stuff that's coming out of that line in particular mal you got to tell me how did you get into that specifically and what what other kind of toys do you like to collect uh well for soto specifically uh soto started during x-aid and at the time it was it was a little bit confusing to me as because it was like okay this is the candy toy figure line for x-aid why are they giving it a new name and then uh, I just kind of occasionally looked at the production blog because I knew about it. And I was like, oh, they actually made a, fig- a figure for this uh, writer or this form that the six-inch line isn't making. That's pretty cool. Wow, they even made Poppy. Oh, wow. Uh, Build is doing all these different forms. Why am I collecting the six-inch line? <laughs> That's a good point. And uh, as of Geo, they pretty much just started out get, putting out this commercial with the phrase Soto wa yaru, which uh, roughly means I will make it into Soto. And with that, they basically said uh, everything from Geo, if it's a writer or a form, it will be made into a Soto figure, even if it takes some time. And that is a promise they have held up during Zero One. I'm just really surprised by how high quality those figures are at the price point Mm. that they sell them. You know, they're no figure arts or anything like that, which is fine. That's not what we're looking for. But 
it is just insane. I never realized how high quality they were until you mm. started posting your collection and doing the articles on our site. It's it's amazing. Do you know more about how a lot of the production stuff goes into it? Yeah, the what I was referring to before is the Bandai Candy Toy staff blog. It's uh it mainly serves to just say hey, here's something that's coming out on this day. But they also do talk a little bit about uh, toy production now and then, so you learn things like, oh, this part uh, of the head uses soft plastic because it has all these little intricate, sharp details that would be dangerous for kids, uh, so we can't put stickers on it. So, hey, you get something that's fully painted on the head. Wow. Yeah, also... During Zero One, the quality has really just been upped, and they've even literally said Bandai's wallet is going to be very lonely this year because we put more paint into Zero One. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it is nice to know that they care so much about putting those details even into these figurines, which maybe yeah. would be on the lower profit. And I suppose, I'm not exactly sure. Do you know anything about their sales when it comes to these figures in particular? It seems like it's doing super well because uh, there's a lot of times where they will, um, you know, introduce something that they're making, such as uh, during Geo, they made a wave for Decade and the Future Riders from Geo. And they basically, that, that was one of the many things they cited where they said, you guys submitted in the survey associated with Soto that you really wanted these, so we decided to make them. And that kind of shows to me that that's a very popular line, that they can continue to just say, you wanted it, you get it. Yeah, no, they must have a lot more creative freedom. Also, you know, like I said, this started during x so they've made x build, Geo, and Zero One. But as of Geo, they've also started Soto Chronicle, which is basically just... Uh, here's a series pre prior to X-Aid, and all of them have been very popular series, like uh, Deno and O's. And today, they just uh, showed off the first figure of their Kuga line, which uh, is another one where they put way too much paint into it. <laughs> oh my gosh, please, uh, hopefully that's posted to the site by the time this comes out, because I'm very curious to hear about when they... Uh make new lines for the the riders that they've done in the past it's great that they're going backwards though this is a newer line of figures because i really like aren't they the ones did they do o's already yeah yeah because you've posted that and i'm just like it's incredible the amount of detail that they put into those figures in particular too i'm like oh maybe i yeah. should start collecting them you know like this would be a lot easier to collect than the figure arts or anything like that, and they still look really good. As of Geo and Zero One and more or less Chronicle, they've made it pretty easy to collect because they have box sets. Oh, really? With with Chronicle, it's more like you're buying the sort of retail box of ten, but it seems like they're being pretty smart about the way it's laid out. Like, uh, with O's, uh, you know, because Tatoba is three different components, um, they had to kind of split the boxes in a weird way where, like, one the torso and head of one form is in one box. Basically, they made it so you get enough extras that you can display Tatoba as well as uh, the other forms in the wave. 
That's incredible. That's so smart too, because that's a great like common mm-hmm. rider to do that kind of box set for in particular. Oh man, these guys are really smart. I didn't realize that. The cool thing about it is, along with those, there's also the Shoto X line, which is oh, doing yeah. the the Showa riders, which is the ones I've got here. They're basically like GI Joe sized with about that much articulation, and you know they're maybe like a smidge shorter than the Soto figures, and it's real easy to get those mixed up the shodo and the soto but between the two of them and then also the rkf line that they just started doing with you know the writer kicks figure they're also starting to do those other figures that you didn't think anybody was going going to make an affordable figure of now granted i think a lot of the paint that is going into the shodo got taken from what could have gone into rkf but they i think they make it really easy for you to do customization to it like they're a big enough figure to where if you had say uh some paint supplies or Gundam markers, you could very easily put in those little touches to make it more show accurate. So then that adds a little bit more, I guess, replay value to it that you can go ahead and customize the figure to look more the way you want it, make it look a little more battle damaged. What I'm looking forward to, and I haven't seen a lot of it yet, is that with the Soto figure, since they're all kind of the same with the same joints, technically people could start doing their own kit bashes of combining parts together, and then we can be toy and make our own riders. It's funny you should mention that I'm working on something. Uh, people will find out about it later. Ooh. Looking I forward to that. Wait. But yes, I do. I have seen you post in our little internal Discord, Mal, like of you painting figures. Is that from the Soto line too? Yep. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Part of it is just because uh, a lot of why Soto figures look so good is because they don't have to always rely on paint. They have stickers. So I will look at those and just go, I could probably just paint that on. (laughs) That's a lot of fun, though. That would be a lot of fun. Like you get, you know, one of those figures in and decide to paint it in. But yeah, wow. I love when you post your collections, Mal. So I really do appreciate that. Do you have any other like Toku toys or is that mostly the Soto line? Yeah, I I meant to eventually get back to just the general question of um, my collection. I mainly collect figures. Uh, A lot of times before Soto, I would get things like Socha Kenshin or whatever the main gimmick line is at the time. Uh, Some of the more recent gimmick lines have not been of interest to me. So I think that's why I started collecting Soto because, oh, this is clearly the superior line right now. Yeah, that would make sense. I have a fair amount of collectibles as I look up and see all the Gaia memories and lock seeds hanging over me. Uh, but <laughs> I don't really have any roleplay weapons or belts. Uh, if I had a dollar for every time I almost bought the Gaim belt, I would be able to buy the Gaim belt without regrets. <laughs> yeah, I know we've had that conversation before. So Ashton, why don't you tell us about your toy collection then? Uh, so my collection is probably smaller than, uh, well, but, uh, any uh, both of yours, Josh and uh, Mal, uh, I kind of limit myself as to how much I'm willing to spend in general on toys. That's smart. But um, so I have kind of like this uh, system where I think, do I like that series? And if I do like that series, do I like the aesthetics of that series? So if mm-hmm. if a series, if I like a series but I don't like its aesthetics, I'll probably get one or two toys. If I like the aesthetics and I don't like the series, I'll probably get one or two toys. But if I like the series and I like the aesthetics, then, you know, that then it's game over for me. 
<laughs> so yep, that sounds about dangerous. Right. Yeah. So, but that's actually um, served me pretty well because the only two series I've actually fulfilled both those um, criteria have been Go Kaiger and Kamen Rider X Aid. Mm, so right now, choices. yeah. So right now, I um, most of the stuff I have is from collecting more because there's only so much stuff you can collect before you have most of the stuff from that series. So, mo- like for Go Kaiger, right now I'm trying to get more Ranger keys. You know, it, after market for Go Kaiger is pretty tough. But in the meantime, mm. I kind of try to fill in the gaps with stuff that most people don't really care about, like these little children's toy things that they sell in Japan that nobody really cares about collecting. What in particular are you referencing? Oh, like um, there's this little toy where you look um, – you, you remember those old uh, 3D vision things where you clicked it and then like different um, images oh, came out? Yeah. Yeah, the, like, oh stuff gosh. like that. Or, um, you know, the, the, or, well, this, that one is that something I actually, um, collectors would, you know, would probably get the keychains from, uh, the, uh, I think the, it was the first Go Kaiger movie, the one with the ghost ship, uh, keychain set for that, that I was able to snipe mm-hmm. off of, uh, Mandarake a while back, mm. right before, yeah, right before everything in customs got locked down. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's, I was gonna ask, you know, where do you usually shop for these toys? And Mandarake is a really great option if you're interested in getting, maybe, like, they do have belts and all that too, but if you want more little stuff or, like, keychains, I'm addicted to Mandarake for that stuff. Oh, it's the best. You know, funny enough, that's the one place I haven't bought anything through is Mandarake. (gasps) Yeah. It's, oh boy! It's because you you really have to be kind of vigilant. You have to check a lot for Mandarake because the instant something goes up that's really really in demand, it gets snapped up. So mm-hmm. that that keychain set took me a while to find because the last few times I saw it up, someone bought it before I was able to get to it. Like I saw it, <gasps> I saw it at like lunch break. Um, at work, I'm all like, okay, I can wait until after work to order this. And by the time I got home, someone had already bought it. Oh my god! Yeah. You don't know how many times that's happened to me. Yeah, so it it Mandarake is also good for stuff that's like not official. So I also got like a few um, doujins from there. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's not official, but it's still stuff that's nice to have. Yeah, they do sell a lot of like, not ne- I wouldn't say necessarily fan arty kind of stuff, but yeah, I, I've seen the doujins there. I've seen just sometimes illustrations that we know didn't come from Toei, but they still look cool, in my opinion. And of course, I'm... Oh my god, I was so bad. Like, I have notifications from Mandarake for, like, every cosplay I've ever wanted to do, so it can ping me the moment an official jacket comes on sale, because, like, you know, some of them are impossible to find nowadays. Oh, jeez. But once in a blue moon... Mandarake will have it, and I just like need to get it like that, you know. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. God. I have a notification for, for that. For I think it was the heart jacket from Kamen Rider Drive. Ah, uh, yeah. Because you can't find that anywhere now. You can't. You can't. And occasionally, Mandarake will have that stuff. I had it for Aim's jacket from Go Kaiger. Speaking of Go Kaiger, and it's been like on my alert list for years. Nothing <laughs> yet, but. 
knock on wood, maybe one day it'll uh, pop up in the size that I need it. But yeah, Mandarake is awesome. I, I, it really is like more people need to do some uh, toy hunting through there. That's for sure. But Ashton, what was the first toy you ever bought from Tokusatsu? Um, you know, I, I used to, when I was in, um, I, my family would go overseas a lot. So when I was in Taiwan back in, I think it was, uh, 1990, they were playing the, they were airing Jetman at the time. So I think I got the, their main robot. I think it was called the Great Icarus or something or Jet Icarus. I forgot what exactly what it was. Yeah. So I got that. That was probably my first one. It's been lost ever. It's been lost after like a few moves. So I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but you know it, that that's kind of a shame because it it costs like seven hundred dollars to to get right now or something. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice to still have it? Yeah, oh my I mean, but even if I had it, I'd like you know I was a dumb kid back then. I lost. I'd probably have lost a bunch of stuff by now. But you know, yeah, that was my first, <laughs> and that that was probably you know um, I didn't know exactly what it was when, when I when I came back to America and I saw Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I'm like, hey, this is very. This is really similar to Jetman, and I didn't realize until much later that they were actually connected in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That must have been like, wait a minute. I had a toy that like looked like this, you know? What's this knockoff? Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> even had like the NES Jetman game back when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, the N- oh wait, they had an NES game. Oh, the the Famicom game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was, a, oh, it was in wow. Japanese. It was like a Jetman game. I spent so many times trying to beat that as a kid, and I can never do it. But I can beat it now in like forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, Josh. I know you've told. I think you've told the story that you're about to tell on the podcast before. But please, well, please tell it again. I, I actually have a slightly different one from from the one I told last time. So. Oh really? Yes. So, uh, what what I talked about last time was that when season two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came off, uh, came out here in the U.S. Of course, they sourced a lot of that footage from Die Ranger. And uh, back in the day, you know, my parents would take me to the uh, local flea market on the weekend to go look around for you know little knickknacks and whatever. And they had some. Now, what I realized that are they were pretty decent sized, like foot tall soft bees, soft figures of the Die Rangers. And of course, me being, you know, in elementary school, I couldn't speak Japanese. I couldn't read anything. So I was like, who are these five knockoff Rangers and Tommy together? I don't get what this is. But the other thing about it was during that same time, uh, there was another toy store in one of the malls back in San Antonio. And, you know, back then, the big thing that everybody wanted were, were the foot tall action figures of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger line, and you couldn't hardly get them anywhere. Now, for Christmas, my mom got uh, me the Billy figure and my brother the Jason figure, and we were slowly trying to collect every uh, every single Ranger, but we couldn't find Trini or Kimberly. So my mom says she found two of them at the mall, and she put them on layaway because that's how you had to do it back then. And she's like, okay, if you give me like a week, I'll be able to get them out for you. And so my brother and I were anticipating, oh yeah, we're going to get these figures. We're going to get these figures. We're finally going to get them. She brings them home and we're like, what are these knockoffs? They don't look anything like, I mean, they're kind of look like Power Rangers, but not really. It wasn't until years later that I realized they were actually uh, import toys of Turbo Pink and Turbo Yellow from Turbo Ranger. 
And really? my dumbass ripped off the stickers and tried painting on the little diamond shape of the rain, the Power Rangers, <laughs> the Jew Rangers on there. I was a friggin' idiot. I didn't know any better. Oh, that's awful. And I've been kicking myself to this day that I didn't know any better. I mean, how could I? But oh, still. Oh, my God. I'm laughing so hard. No, please, please laugh at that. It's been long enough. You can laugh. Yeah. You know, that, that's a, a similar thing happened to me. Um, my parents, uh, you know, my parents would go to the import stores and try to buy stuff for us when we were like, you know, deep in the Power Rangers fever. But when they, what they brought back for us, we, we didn't think we were Power Rangers. We knew they weren't Power Rangers because they didn't look the same. And we we're like, okay, we're, it's just, they, they meant well. So we'll just like stick it in the toy chest. It was, it was much later, years later that I found out they were like from the Metal Heroes series or something. Oh, wow. So I, I'm not actually sure which ones they were. I just remember seeing it on the internet and then t digging out my toys and I'm uh, saying, oh, that's what they were. I, I'm sure they, they're somewhere in storage now, unlike my Jetman um, toys. But, you know, I, 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 that, you know that's, just, that's a more common story than you'd think. That's so, wow. <laughs> that's crazy to hear about you getting access to like the Metal Hero toys. That seems even more rare. For sure. Wow. I don't know if my memory is just terrible or my parents just really couldn't afford to get Power Rangers toys, but I have like no memories of having Power Rangers toys, though I loved, absolutely loved Power Rangers. And I'm sure I begged my parents. I remember getting the Halloween outfit for the Pink Ranger one year, but I, I had the Blue Ranger. Yeah, of course I had to be Kimberly for Halloween. I, I had the Red Ranger because, you know, stereotypically. <laughs> like, everybody loves the Red Ranger, right? Same. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here. We we just formed a mini team, you know? We got it. Mm -hmm. We got it. We're the Tokusatsu Network Sentai team. Um, But yeah, no, that's... It's so cool to hear your guys' stories about what you remember getting from your childhood too now ashton mm. what was your first like purchase as an adult oh you know that that this is actually a really funny story so i what i i watched go kaiser back in 2011 while i was um still taking my um you know board exams for med mm. uh, for for uh, med school so while I was taking my board exams, I watched Go Kaiser. I'm all like, you know, it, it's it's pretty, it's stylish and cool, but I think I've grown past it by now. So I just kind of filed it away. And then three years later, I started watching it seriously because I had some free time. And I, I was like, hold on a second. This stuff is awesome. Why did I just like not watch it before? <laughs> Stop watching it before. And I went and, um, and I actually had a trip to um, Japan at the time. So I went to Japan, and I got um, I was able to track down uh, one of the um, some of the uh, the the Mobarets and the Gokai Saber. Oh, uh, in yeah. like a, a, a it was I think it was like a secondhand toy shop or something like that. But either way, I was able to get one of them, and I'm all like, okay, I need to control myself because I know what happens. It, it's like this is like this is like plastic <laughs> crack here. I don't I don't want to like get a, too addicted yet. So I was like, okay, this is all I'm going to buy. And that, because I'm an adult now, I don't need everything. And then six months later, I had like 100 Ranger keys. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. 
I was about to say, we, based on your Discord name, we know where the story yes, goes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you know, you, know, you know where it goes now. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, oh man. Getting the experience of buying the toys in Japan, too, is a whole nother oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to trying to remember which uh, was my first purchase. Uh, technically, it wasn't a purchase, so I'll just say um, someone kindly gifted me some Motion Revive figures that they had extras of. Uh, Motion Revive was this kind of short-lived four-inch. It was technically three and three-quarter inch. It's a lot like what Shoto looks like now. <laughs> Ex- oh. And uh, it had things like uh, figures for all the writers from Kabuto and Hibiki. Uh, and Kiba. Well, not all of them, but yeah. Anyway, uh, they sent me, I think it was Nega Deno, so like the, the movie exclusive villain, um, which was kind of disappointing when I actually saw the movie. Oh, that's that's all this character is, huh? <laughs> and uh, the, the first and the next versions of Rider 2 and V3. Oh, nice. now that's interesting. Yeah. That's really kind of them to gift that to you. Yeah, uh, my first purchase myself was SH Figure Arts Ura Taros. I don't mm. think I actually watched Deno yet, but I did not regret it. <laughs> it's Ura Taros. Well, Ura Taros is always a good buy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, look at this suave guy with this coffee cup. I need to get this. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, yeah. That's that's Utataros. Yeah, oh that's so Oh yeah, you know what? My first real Toku toy was gifted to me too. I had a, somebody give me so Wizard was airing at the time and all I could talk about was this show to this person who didn't watch Tokusatsu at all. So they were just putting up with me, just blabbering on <laughs> about it. Um but I really liked Wizard and I would talk about how I really liked the ring motif and they bought me the water ring now this was before you could well i think the extensions came out around the same time but the extensions were a lot harder to buy over here Mm. so all i had was like this itty bitty like ring like water ring that would fit on my pinky maybe if i pushed it hard enough but i still thought it was so kind that this person like went out of their way to try to find it on like ebay and other sources so that was nice but the first purchase i ever did my own was hmm, i think it was my double belt and if i remember correctly i was at my local convention Toricon, which i guessed at now they have image anime which is like a new york shop that comes up that way and they have a lot of tokusatsu stuff and gundam stuff and all that and i saw it at their booth and i was like oh god it's the double belt that's my favorite show. I need to buy this right now. And I did. Walked out of that convention with a big old smile on my face. And, oh, God, it's been a rabbit hole ever since. It's, it's just, it's funny how easily addicted you could get to buying these toys. Oh, yeah. And especially for your favorite series. Oof. Josh, why don't you tell us about, like, your favorite toy of your collection? That's kind of tough. It, well, as far as the belts go, definitely the one I hold in the highest regard is the CSM Kuga belt. Uh, just because uh, when I first got into Tokusatsu, I got my Arkle, my Kuga belt back then. And back then, I was young enough and thin enough to be able to fit that thing around my waist. Now, you know, 
over 10 years later, I can't quite do that. So when they announced it, thankfully at the time I had the money to put down for the pre-order and it's everything I ever wanted it to be. Uh, as far as what you expect a belt to be able to do short of actually transforming you into a common rider. Uh, beyond that, as far as the figures go, I still hold in high regard not the uh, Sochaku figure, but my SH figure of Common Rider the First and the uh, Cyclone, his bike from the movie. That one was Ooh. the one I always put up. Uh, when I got my office job, I put it there on my desk. That way everybody could see, hey, this guy... This represents me. This is my thing that I'm into. Mm. I know you don't understand it. Just understand this guy's on a bike. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would be so scared to bring my figure arts to work or anything like that. Oh, I'd be terrified because I just don't want anything to happen to them. Uh, what about you, Mal? What do you think is your favorite toy from your collection? I have a fair amount of Sadosi. You would think that's what it is, but actually, I really still enjoy the sort of form change gimmick of Gaim with its six-inch line. And mm. if I had if I had the disposable income, I would just collect the candy toy line because it has more figures that were available on retail. Oh, now that's a good choice. I always liked the candy toys for Gaim in particular. I always thought like they were pretty well designed with everything. And just as a form change gimmick, I just really enjoy that sort of uh, the unfolding fruit. Uh, the figures, uh, the proportions are a little bit off because, you know, Toei loves to do that with the suit props. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So for you, the un the unfolding fruit has a lot of uh, peel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zero One's rubbing off on me. Yeah, right. Aruto Janito. <laughs> How about that? I'm I'm the dad and someone else is making the dad joke here. Yeah. <laughs> See, we got a certified dad here, but no dad jokes allowed. <laughs> That's so funny. So Ashton, I guess what what is your favorite out of your collection? You uh, I would think that maybe it would be like the Gokaiger figure arts or I have this is funny cuz for Kamen Rider X-Aid, I liked Brave so much that I bought all four of his figure arts, and they're, like, right there above my TV right now. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I have all four of those. But probably I, I think that my favorite would be the Shoto Foam because um, Shinkenger is probably my favorite Sentai. Actually, it's probably my favorite Tokusatsu series right now. And the Shoto Foam is actually really hard to find now, so that's probably my favorite toy out of all the things I have. Oh my gosh, that Shoto phone is awesome. I have it too in my collection. Yeah. And it was like, it was so hard to track down, but just the functionality of it and the look, ugh. Yeah, and the sounds and everything. But the the one problem is that the tab that, um, that the tab that makes the hinge, uh, you know, stable, it has a tendency mm -hmm. to break and mine is already on its way out. So that's, that's going to be a pain. Uh... Yeah, mine, my hinge on mine is very, very wonky as well. I have to be very careful. Like, I can't do the Shoto phone, like, flip, or I will just completely break it yeah, one day. You'd but have yeah. to, like, 3D print your own um, part or something like that later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, oh, my God, I love the Shoto phone. And I have, oh, my God, did they just call them origami or whatever? Like, the... The animals yeah. that oh, yeah, they would the origamis, open to transform yeah. into their... 
Yeah, I have that for Kotohas, and I love that too. I think it's just so cool that you can change it into the little symbol and then change it into the animal. That was so... I love their gimmicks for their shows, which is a good transition because my question for everybody was, what is your favorite toy gimmick from Riders, Sentai, Ultraman, you know, you name it. Um, why don't you start, Josh, if you have like a favorite gimmick from any of those seas- or series? Uh Okay, so I'll actually start with Ultraman, because I was thinking about this. This is what came to my mind first. Uh, with Rube coming out last year, I was really actually into the uh, the little discs that you could put, put in the Rube Gyro. Uh, that collectible way of getting all the Ultraman together seemed a lot more appealing to me than with, like, Jeed, where it was more like, you know, the, the batteries from uh, Q-Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh which, funny enough, weren't my favorite Sentai one. I can't even think that I have a favorite Sentai gimmick, because I was trying to come up with one, and I none really stood out to me. They're all about the same. Like, I like them all about the same. But as far as writers go, it has to be the Goshots. Those things are so freaking fun to, you know, twirl around on your finger, and then just... They knew what they were doing. It, they all are colored like they jumped out of the 90s, and they feel and sound like that as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I love the Gashots. They're so, so good. Yeah, I think a good measure of what a good gimmick is is that is if you can play it with one hand. You know those um what was it? The the little <laughs> things that you play with around in your hand, the um they they were really the big what? a while back. The um the fidget spinners, the fidget the fidget oh, fidget. things. Oh, fidget yeah, yeah. Like if you can play it with it in one hand while you're doing something, I think that's what really makes. Because none of the gimmicks I liked were two handed gimmicks. All of them were one handed gimmicks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That's definitely true. Because like one of my favorite gimmicks is the full bottles from Build. Because it's just so satisfying to shake them, just to hear the sound. It's like almost relaxing for me to just like casually shake them, which sounds really weird. No, that makes perfect you sense. Have the full bottles. Yeah, I guess it's just like if you've never seen Build or you don't collect the gimmick, it'll just sound like, why are you shaking this constantly? But it has such a satisfying sound. Oh. Click, 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 click. <laughs> no, wait, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's like those paint cans, you know? Ah. I mean, even someone yeah, who doesn't yeah. paint or doesn't really know about um, what those paint spray cans are for, they you can like you can hear that click of the metal inside the paint can, and it'll like it's kind of relaxing in a way. Yeah, there's something about it. I don't know, Mal. What's your favorite toy gimmick? I just realized that uh, I made that sound effect when I could have just grabbed this gun to marker. See? <laughs> see, there you go. It's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Um, you know, I already talked about the Gaim candy, uh, the Gaim arms change figures. But uh, in terms of collectibles, uh, you know, I like Gaim, but I think just in general, any sort of collectible with built-in sounds is nice uh, because when you're collecting ones that aren't DX, that basically just cycle through the sounds. It's like a little soundboard. Oh, oh this one doesn't have batteries. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I was gonna do another audio gag. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you know what? I- the lock seeds in particular are interesting because I always liked, yeah, the DX like lock seeds are really good, but I always liked the candy versions of the lock seeds too. Like I always thought the sounds were still fine. You know, the look was just a little bit different, but I, you know, I'm not 
too picky. I don't mind gravitating towards like the candy versions of the gimmicks if I really can't find the DX versions because as long as it kind of looks the same and sounds the same, I'm good. You don't know it when you put it in the belt. You don't always know. But yeah, oh man. Those lock seeds though, like those were one of my favorite gimmicks, especially when that came when the show came out. That was so cool. Ah, uh, I just oh the sounds are so cool, man. Oh my god. Basically like Goshots, uh Gaia memories, and now the uh Ride Watches? Uh, well, not so much the Ride Watches, uh here in Zero One with the uh the progress keys, those are my favorite ones with the built in sounds. Yeah, ah. yeah, those are good. I have um, Valkyrie's, uh, the candy version of it that I bought in Japan, and it still just like sounds so cool. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Oh, I just love, I love Zero One's gimmicks in particular. I like the Progress keys. I don't really care. I don't know why, but I'm not really interested in collecting any of the Extingri. Sting. Oh my god, I can never say it. A sting. Sting. Zetsume Rise that one <laughs> i'm trying to say like the english version of it but yeah those like keys i don't i don't know some of the designs aren't as cool in my opinion but i think i'm just being picky i just wish that they would come out with a uh, a candy toy version of the dodo key that would be the only oh, one i want oh my god <laughs> oh they know they know that people are gonna buy that for like whatever money they want to spend so i think that's why they're not doing the candy version because that was just so popular did they say they were making a soto or did they already make a soto for ikazuchi they teased that they were going to make it uh it was a case where uh the the person who runs a blog who is like in charge of the soto stuff basically said something to the effect of hey wasn't it a surprise when that writer debuted yeah it was a surprise for me too i didn't know about it <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, all they really teased was like a gray prototype of the sword being held by a hand. <laughs> uh, see, like, I, I appreciate the Soto line just because there are certain writer figures that you want to see in a larger scale for, like, uh, just seeing all the different aesthetics on it. Like, say the Fig Arts Gaim figure, there's so much paint work done into that, or even the SIC figures for a lot of the writers, especially Ghost. Uh they they just put so much detail into it and you know those you want as like a uh a conversation piece like you put that on your on your coffee table so people can come over and marvel at it but then there's some <laughs> things you don't feel like you know i would pay uh, 50 dollars for a figure for a main writer but for a secondary writer or a tertiary writer i'm willing to spend about 15 bucks and that's where soto comes in which is why i have those for uh mad rogue i have that for evil from build and I wish I could do that for Ikazuchi because I like all the Mitsubo Jinrai riders, but I don't feel like I want to spend the Fig Arts money price tag for them. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. And I guess, uh, again, talking about how great Soto is, the latest wave that came out, um, which is a while ago at this point, Wave 5, uh, it had Thouser. It also had Gio's summer movie form. It also had Gates Majesty and... Uh, also, uh, one of the Kashin guys from that one episode of Gio, because uh, that was one that was kind of hard for people to find, so they decided to reissue it, so that was cool of them too. And also, every weapon that uh, Gran Gio wielded. <laughs> that was nice. Whoa. 
like I, again it's so nice that they care that they're actually like making this stuff and reissuing some of it too wow well the important thing to note is that they ca- they care so long as they can care for cheap well true. yeah true <laughs> at the same time almost it seems like at least once a month one of the reveals that they'll give will have them saying something like yeah we kind of spent a lot of money on this one <laughs> That's nice to know that they're at least putting in for the production value. That's funny, though. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So, Ashton, what is your favorite toy gimmick? Um, You know, I would say Ranger Keys, but they they, they kind of messed up the toys for that one because um, they don't they don't flip like they do in the show. And um, mm. that that kind of that kind of annoyed me because and they you you know they um, learn from their mistake because when Ryu Soldier came around and their keys flipped, so they did they didn't make that mistake the second time you know. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, I always had a problem with them. They did eventually reissue the set of the five uh, Gokai Ranger keys that did flip. I've got a friend who has those. With the, what, with the one-click ranger keys? Yeah. Yeah, so I have that. And, you know, it's 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 not as good because they used um, sticker details for that one instead of um, paint, paint details. So, you know, uh, you know th- uh, there you have it, right? They, they It was like a premium thing, and they used the – they cheaped out on the details. So that, that kind of – See, I hate yeah. it when they do that. Yeah. So, I know. So that, that kind of um, – I still collect the Ranger keys just for the just for the collection's sake because I love Gokaiger. Like who doesn't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. um of course. <laughs> but um that 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 kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth regarding the um Ranger key gimmick. That that kind of sounds like another good example of friendly reminder that premium Bandai doesn't mean premium quality, it means niche item. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Very true. Yeah, very that's true. true. That's yes. completely true. And um I would I would I have the same problem with the Judenshi from Kyoryuger because they they, they 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 as a gimmick they were fine. It's just that it kind of irritated me that they didn't put that generic roar for it when you press the button. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that would have been nice. And I agree with your comments on the Ranger keys in particular. I always, it was always a pain in the butt to find the DX versions. And if you got the candy versions with the stickers, I, I don't know if it was just me, but those stickers never, ever, ever stayed on. Nope. They would always fall off. They never stayed on. Like I've had other DX toys and gimmicks that had the stickers and they would stay on. But something about those Ranger keys, man always falling off it pissed me off every time yeah so the 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 reason why they did it like that was because in the show the default position for the ranger keys would be flipped up they would just hold down the leg parts and then they they would shift their fingers so that they it would flip up so mm-hmm. um so the okay. with the with the default be, of the toy being that the legs were down it was it was kind of it was kind of difficult for them to do that but it, it still kind of sticks in my crawl a little bit. Yeah. No, I get you. I get mm-hmm. you. So what is your favorite gimmick then? I don't know if you answered it, this. No, not yet. But so my favorite is probably uh, is the same as um, one of the other uh, people in this podcast is um, the gas shats. So the, the colors. Oh, yeah. And it, it, doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt that they're voiced by Hironobu Kageyama. Oh, yeah. 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 They, they, he has the best voice for voicing things. Yeah, I mean, like it. The instant I heard his voice coming from the gasha, it was over. Yeah, no, he's great. 
I'm so glad that we live in a world where the guy who is known for all these amazing anime songs finally gets to say, I'm a coming right <laughs> It's kind of the same thing with hearing Akira Kushida's voice coming out of the O's driver. Ooh, yeah. Oh my god. And when they did the soundtrack with him and Shu Watanabe singing together. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's top, like number one common writer soundtrack that I listen to all the time because they both sound amazing. But don't let me get on that tangent. I could go for a while. Maybe that needs to be another podcast. Yeah. They knew what they were doing with the with the Gashats because they had Jet Combat and they had Hironobu Kageyama. So they just rifted off of Jet Man, which Hironobu Kageyama sang. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're so smart. And I love him in particular because the favorite toy in my own collection is the talking Zaruba ring from Garo. I have that where he like actually talks to you. And like that thing is like the most precious thing to me ever because I just, I just get to hear his voice, you know, and I get to feel like I'm a Makai knight. So it's, it's really cool when you get to, have gimmicks like that that have like the voiceovers from the really cool voice actors and stuff like that. It's it's so awesome. Really just reminded me that the biggest disappointment of X8 is that there wasn't a Hironobu Kageyama song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there wasn't? Oh, you're right. The summer movie would have been the perfect place for it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they really missed an opportunity for that. Yeah, maybe he was busy. He's always doing something. I, I'm only going to go off on this <laughs> tangent just for a second, and then I'll come back. But since we've got the 50th anniversary coming up next year, if they don't get Jam Project to sing something for Common Rider, I don't know who's in charge, but oh, they need yeah. to be fired if they don't make that decision. I'm just saying. <laughs> Mr. Toei, you know what to do. You got to listen to us. We we always make call-outs to Toei to be like, oh, you should really do this. <laughs> come on, fair, John though, Toei. Uh, we know that Garu's got him booked out for the next hundred years, so maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> that's so true. You never know. Keita Abamiya's like, I own you now. <laughs> you know, you're you're with me, so you can't go to Toei. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there have been some really, really good gimmicks coming from the you know the top three tokusatsu i know for my favorite gimmicks oh it's so hard to pick so build is my favorite rider gimmick sentai i hate to say it but i can't really think of what is my favorite sentai gimmick because they're i think ashton you said this but they all kind of are the same in a way you know they're they all kind of blend together in my mind. I did like collecting the Q-Tamas. Like, those are fun uh. just because they're fun to, like, spin around the globe and everything. I think I just accidentally collected a lot of them because they would, like, mm -hmm. come in things that I would buy and people would gift me the Q-Tamas. But it, it's not like I really like them that much. But I really did like collecting the cards from Ultraman Orb to use with the, the orb ring. I know it's like, it's just cards, but I have them all in like that card holster that came out with the ring in the set. And I, I just have a bunch of the cards that I've collected in there. So that, I guess that would be my favorite Ultraman gimmick in particular. I had an issue with when Decade was out, they... They had it along with the, the arcade game, the Gonba Ride. 
uh, mm. where all the cards from the Decade Belt could work in the Gonbaride game. So for a while there, I was collecting a lot of the Gonbaride cards, but then when they switched over to Gonba Rising, the cards didn't transfer over, so now I had a bunch of cards that really I couldn't do anything with anymore. You know what? That's actually a really good topic to discuss. Do you guys have the Gamba Rising cards? Now, like anytime I've ordered from like Kotetsu Toys, which is another great uh, toy importer, I guess is what he does for us. Um, he always includes little goodies when you order from him. And a lot of the times they are the Gamba Rising cards. So I have a ton of those cards because I've ordered so many times from him in particular. Shout out to Taka. I know it's been hard with everything going on with the coronavirus, but we mm. love your store. So major, yes. major Good love. Good YouTube channel. Yeah, great YouTube channel. You are so funny and so interesting. So please continue what you're doing. Um, don't know if you'll listen to this, but still. You would think that I would collect the cards because I constantly talk about, oh, hey, they did this new card. Uh, that's because I follow the Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That would make sense because you do talk about it. So I was like, oh, man, I wonder if Mal has like <laughs> a sweet binder of Gonborizing cards, you know? And you know what? Because because they always post these really high resolution images to their Twitter, I don't have to collect the cards. <laughs> That, I, same here same here like i wish they made them in poster size but they don't mm. so they just sit on my hard drive i would want an art book yeah that would actually be awesome now so the times i've been to japan i have sought out the machines that do like send out the packs or like the groups of cards so i do like collecting them while i'm overseas but i don't ever just like go searching for them like on the the you know yahoo japan auctions or anything like that i just i don't know if i have a need for it but it's really fun to collect while you're over there so i see why a lot of people like them i do have uh i do happen to have uh, from the same source you mentioned uh one of the only times i think i bought from kotetsu toys was to get the uh wizard full bottle which was supposed to be themed after common writer wizard and uh he included a beast card so that was nice. Yeah. Oh man, he's Taka is great for including that. Like that is definitely why I have such a large collection of those Gonbarizing mm -hmm. cards because he just includes them all the time, and it's a ridiculous amount of toys that I've ordered from him. My favorite kind of example of that was actually with CS Toys. You know how they have the little thank you cards that that are like drawings. Yeah. yeah. I got the J Gaia memory, which was the writer who becomes a giant, and uh, the card they included was like the Ultraman character of the time. <laughs> but that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's so cute. Yes, yeah, CS Toys, Mr. S is amazing. Yeah, shout out with to Mr. S. Him. Yeah, we love mm -hmm. you. We love Mr. S and CS Toys so much. They are one of our sponsors as well, and we, we appreciate everything that they do to get toys to you know, all of us, but I love those little note cards. Like I do hold on to those and keep some of them because they always have like the little, it's like hand stamp of like whatever writer or character is like on. It's so It's really cool. neat. So I guess this is, yeah, it's really neat to get those. So I guess this is a good transition to like, what are your favorite stores to buy from or you know, places online that you like to buy 
toys from. So, you know, we mentioned CS Toys, we mentioned Kotetsu Toys, we've talked about shopping from Madarake, Yahoo Japan auctions, anywhere else that you guys want to highlight. Oh, we did talk about Tokulectables, who is one of our sponsors as well. We uh, thank them for supporting us because they're fantastic. They do a lot of, uh, they're working closely with Bluefin to get more of that common Rider stuff that we know and love. So we appreciate Tokulectables helping out. I've just got my finger on the mouse waiting for them to put up the, any sort of pre-order for that Izu figure that they just announced. That's that's going in my collection. <laughs> Heck yes. But are there any other toy sites that you guys like to purchase from? I... Uh, for the longest time was just like an eBay guy. Uh, some people made jokes about me because of that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, since since I started getting more into Soto, I have been very thankful for things like HLJ and AmiAmi because uh, pre-orders are, those are the kind of pre-orders where you just like, yeah, I'll buy this later. I'll have the money by then. Don't have to think about it. Yep. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Like, I use the middleman service from Japan, which we have written an article about that on the site. If you go into our resources page, um, I think it's about, I think it's in the Tokusatsu Toys shopping guide area. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about how to use from Japan to buy from Premium Bandai. But I'm, I'm so addicted to just, like finding toys off of the Japanese sites directly, putting it into From Japan, and just, like, having them buy it for me and then, like, hold it in their warehouse until I can ship all the other millions of things that I bought at the same time. So. I'm, I'm getting ready to do that myself. I've ha- I've been... Oh, God. I think the last time I had them shipped to me was right before I moved out here. So that was, like, two years ago was mm-hmm. my last shipment f- from them. And I've been steadily getting stuff from Yahoo Japan Auctions since then, you know, little bits and pieces. So mm-hmm. the next chance I get, it's it's going to be a large box. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite part, man. So for those who aren't familiar with From Japan, it's a middleman service where you can buy from sites like Yahoo Japan Auctions or Premium Bandai directly, those kinds of things. Ota Mart is another one. Ota Mart, if I'm saying it right is another one where you might find secondhand toys at and you need a middleman service to use those kinds of sites. And what they do is you can pay them to get the site, or excuse me, to get the toy shipped to their warehouse in Japan and then they'll hold on to whatever you want for like many, many months. I want to say their limit is like three months that they'll hold on Mm. to toys or whatever you're ordering. And as long as you tell them to ship it out before that three months, they'll just keep everything waiting for you. And you don't, so you pay when you buy the toy, but then you don't need to pay for the shipping until you're absolutely ready. And of course, when it comes to shipping toys from Japan, it's always smart to keep like, shipments into one you know very much so i guess yeah because just that's just how their shipping is so i love it because i can go splurge on a bunch of toys and just wait for it all to come in and then i give the rest of the money to get it all shipped at once and then i just have this big old package of toys (laughs) oh god i'm so addicted i'm like they also have like ranking systems so if you buy a lot 
basically in a year they can they'll give you discounts on shipping prices and stuff like that depending on your quote-unquote rank so i i recommend anybody that wants to buy tokusatsu toys that you know you really can't get on togolectibles cs toys kotetsu etc use from japan and please check out our article on that we worked very hard to inform everybody so that's just that little plug. But before I go off on any more tangents, are there any other toy stores that you guys like to buy from in particular? No, I think you listed all the th- ones I buy from. Same, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, like, you never know what you're going to find on these places. Like, it's just, it's it's better to, like, I love using Kotetsu. I love using CS Toys because you can talk to Mr. S or you can talk to Taka and tell him like hey I'm looking for this specific toy if you find it please let me know and I'll buy it from you I've done that with both of them before and they're like happy to help and it's incredible to have that service there you know like I for my Shoto phone I actually asked Taka I was like the next time you go toy shopping could you try to find me one and he did and I was like oh my god like, you found it really fast. Thank you so much. So we we are so blessed mm. to have such, like, good retailers for these toys. It's, it's just incredible to think how much has changed recently, too. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. like, if we want to talk about it, Bluefin, you know, over this past year has now started distributing... Common Rider toys directly from Bandai because they're a Bandai distributor for the U.S. market. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Are there any particular toys that you're hoping that they will, you know, get a hold of or, you know, maybe they should get in stock or anything like that? Hmm. I I did kind of, uh, I wasn't really, the, the way I put it is I want to see how many wishes this genie can grant me. <laughs> yeah, so when when they did this uh, Q&A, I kind of just uh, posed the question of, like, if something is currently on shelves, is that doable? If it's not, is that doable? And they basically said, if Bandai Japan isn't selling it right now, then we can't do anything about it. So that kind of just puts into context uh, what's available from Bluefin. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. The conversations that we've had with them, which we did an interview with them at Toy Fair uh, last year. Was that last year already? Oh, my God. Was that last year? I don't, I don't remember. Time is weird now. Things have been moving fast for uh, Toku stuff in America. <laughs> yeah, things have been moving fast. So they do talk about how Bandai is very open to distributing the toys through bluefin because they're they really had no idea that there was a market for these toys and now that they know they're so excited about it so bluefin they know that we want these toys so badly that they're gonna do everything in their power to make sure that we get it so it's just it's so nice to have an official site or distributor for common rider toys in particular it's just it's crazy how things have changed. Like, when you guys were first buying toys, did you guys ever imagine we would be able to have, like, an official distributor for Common Rider? Well, 
technically, uh, when I was getting into it, uh, Bluefin was starting to come into existence. So it was kind of this weird, oh man, this is actually a thing that can happen. But <laughs> even then, at the, at the time, it was just like, uh, I think one of the only things that I ever saw in stores was Shinken Red. And it's like, okay, oh, that, that's yeah. understandable. Yeah, they, they would have little things here or there. Like I know like my local Think Geek and GameStop before they started announcing the Kamen Rider toys, I would occasionally see like an Ultraman SH Figure Arts that I knew was distributed through Bluefin. So I'm like, hmm, wouldn't it be nice one day to get Kamen Rider stuff? You know, I would always see the mm. really weird random tokusatsu stuff like the oh i forgot what the line is called but where you actually build it out the model kits for like sentai Mini plot? And... yeah well not just the gundam but the i guess they're they are technically mini plot but well, where you can yeah yeah that that's that's uh what the sentai stuff is called the mini yeah, plot. that's the yeah, yeah. The, the different um the mechas for the sentai that you build together they're called the mini plus oh okay yeah i never ugh. I always saw them on the shelves and I was like, oh my God, like this is Sentai in my, in my local Think Geek. What is going on? Mm -hmm. So I was always enamored by that. But what, what do you guys think, I guess for the future, what would be like your ideal situation for buying toys? Do you want more? Of course we want more Kamen Rider, but how much access do you think you would want to these toys do we want more in-person retailers having these toys or do you prefer buying online what are your guys thoughts on that yeah i think mm. it's important not to uh, it's a, it's a really difficult balancing act because um sentai is one thing because they have a foothold in america as power rangers for, but for common writer it's it's pretty niche in america Ultraman and stuff like that. Um, not a lot of people know about them, so it, I think that um, I don't think that face-to-face -face retailers is going to happen anytime in the near future. Like that's not in like a, maybe at a con or something like that, or at hobbyist shops. But and I think that's important because we don't want them to go under, and then everybody was going to think, oh well, we can't have Toku in America because look at Bluefin, they went under. So I think it's a balancing act of Ooh. having just enough to maintain interest and to turn a profit so that we can have stuff like that here in the numbers that will be, you know, adequate for the fan base. That's mm. a really good point. Yeah, you are right. Because I know over the years I have thought like, oh, it'd be really nice if I could go to my like local... I don't know, Finky, GameStop, whatever, like whatever places are actually selling figures nowadays and like get the latest Kamen Rider figure arts. But you might be right because it still is ridiculously niche that y you'd have to be careful. Yeah. So the, I think that the, mm. what, what really puts it into perspective is that when I go to Barnes, like Barnes and Nobles, that's they have like a, a um, you know, a hobbyist area that's full of models and toys and things like that. And most of the things over there is going to be some combination of like Pokemon, uh, Dragon Ball Z, My Hero Academia, things like that. Totoro once in a while. And then and then you'll see this one little box of Sentai or Tokusatsu stuff and it's going to be like the mini play mini play or the or yeah, or some uh, maybe a figure once in a while or something like that. So given that given the proportions for 
um, the hobbyist stuff with very popular things like Pokemon and My Hero Academia and Dragon Ball Z and stuff that has more mass market appeal. You really have to keep in mind um, how big exactly the fan base is compared to every other hobbyist fan base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, g- going back to what I was saying before about how uh, when Bluefin started, it would just be like, oh, there's Shinkin Red on a toy shelf. Well, Power Ranger Samurai is going on right now, so I guess that's the bar. It is just uh, that one people know. <laughs> to me, uh, just the idea of being available overseas, my thought was, yeah, it's much more reasonable to think about it as a thing that you can order online that a lot of people know about. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think we're already seeing that in full, basically, because, you know, you can order through Bluefin. Um, they help, you know, Tokulectables is partnered with them, I believe, completely. But what's also cool, and we've written about this before, is a lot of that stuff you can actually find on, like, U.S. Amazon. And a lot of it's Amazon Prime, too, which is, like, insane to think about. It's, like, how? How, 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 I guess, you know, Bluefin and Bandai, they're, they know that people are buying them. Like, I have bought several gashats and build full bottles off of Amazon Prime, and they arrive in, like, three days, two days. It's, it still just baffles me that this is a thing, because it definitely wasn't when I was first collecting toys, so it's crazy. Have you guys ordered from a U.S. Amazon before to get toys? I have, but I don't remember what specifically. I think it was some X8 stuff. I think stuff. I got a few Ranger keys off of Amazon because by the time X8 stuff went on Amazon, it was like way too expensive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it was definitely uh, some X8 stuff and definitely some pre-X8 stuff because the thing that I caught on was uh, once a Rider series is near its end, boy, the figure prices really go down for a little while. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that was uh, my thing during Exade was when it was about to end, I decided I'm going to do a series of reviews and uh, basically buy a bunch of cheap Exade figures because that's that's responsible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Responsible budgeting. It's for reviews. <laughs> yeah, it's for reviews. That's true. That's true. So I like that we have the ability to buy stuff off of Amazon and it is really cool like if I wanted to order a toy and get it in like two days like yes but I have noticed and I think that's just because there has to be a markup to make a profit on these toys that it can be really expensive to buy from Amazon like it's almost sometimes more expensive to buy from Amazon than to buy using like a middleman service. Have you guys had that experience before with Amazon in particularly? Well, basically the thing that I've been running into with Amazon, kind of like with eBay, is that you basically have to hunt for when a deal is happening on a particular item you're looking for, whether it's a figure or a roleplay item. I know specifically with Build, I was waiting until the end of the series because when when the, we first got the scans for build, I wasn't quite convinced by the design of the build driver. Like, what? It's another crank on, like, a giant handle on a belt. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. And then I watched the series, and I absolutely get blown away by it. So then when Power Morphicon rolled around, and we were going to do a little bit of build cosplay, I ordered it off Amazon Prime, and I got it within three days. 
That was amazing. I didn't know that that was possible when I first started getting into this, that we would get to a point where I could just get something and have it in my hands within three days. But aside from that, like, I've been watching, you know, the Prices for Zero One figures in specific, and they've been fluctuating. When the show first starts, that's when everything's at its most expensive. Or when an item is first introduced, it's always going to be astronomically expensive. But then if you wait off a little bit and then see how people are responding to it, you'll start to see a dip. And then usually by the end of the series, that's when things are going to be either dirt cheap or the lowest they'll possibly get. Yeah, that's what I was talking about with the figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Gotta have patience. I think I first noticed it during Drive where like Drive was almost over and I was just like, where are the figures looking like right now? Wow, Mock is going for $10. <laughs> so for Amazon, what you have to keep in mind is that I think Amazon goes with the second secondary market prices so a lot of the time like when you by the time it hits amazon it's already in the um you know the supply that's a supply and demand thing is that it's in the high supply low uh well high demand low supply range so it's going to be more expensive oh yeah i mean you're right you're definitely right because it is hitting like you said that secondary market that niche market that they you know, they need to make a bigger profit on this because they don't even know if they're going to make a profit. I guess that's how I see it as well, just because it's so, we're we're still so obscure. Like, it is great that I can get things through Amazon Prime and like, you know, it's it's incredible, but it's such an interesting thing to think about how much is changing so quickly. Because I do appreciate if we go back to Bluefin for a second, when we talked to them at the toy fair, they were like, we are doing everything within our power to make the prices as reasonable as possible when you buy through them. And it's true. I feel like their prices are very reasonable. They're in line with kind of what you pay in Japan. And I, I can't believe that they can do that and take such a risk, you know, with not making as much money as they could. You know, like how people are doing it on Amazon in particular, but it's it's just it's it's nuts. It's nuts to think how much has changed. I also just realized uh, once you brought up the, uh, the 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 reasoning behind Amazon's prices, it also just made me remember. Oh yeah, the the writer belts are also probably going to be expensive because usually what Bandai does is just we're going to let the retailer decide the price. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like there's no defined price for it, so it could be anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I totally forgot about that. I know that's like common knowledge that Bandai does let the retailer do it. And where I appreciate that Bluefin has taken, you know, the fair approach, I guess, where they mm -hmm. really do want to keep their prices as reasonable, but... I understand, like, you know, shops like Kotetsu and CS Toys, you know, they need to cover their costs. And I'm happy to pay, you know, their prices because they're very reasonable what Mr. S and Taka sets on their stores and a lot of the other stores that are similar to those, like Togulectables does a really good job. But it's just, mm -hmm. it's, t it's tough. It's tough. I can't imagine what kind of conversations these retailers have to think about like 
we know these toys are super niche. We're a little scared that maybe they're not going to sell. So what price do we put them at? It reminds me a lot about of um, what happened when I was a, a, a teenager when we wanted video games to come from Japan. And a lot of them were more mm-hmm. niche games that might not have sold in America. And, uh, um, you know, the the like people would start petitions and stuff like that. It, it, it would be a lot more effective if they attached their payment with the petitions to prove that they would buy it. <laughs> but that's, that's not usually how it works out, you know? So a lot of the time we, uh, stuff that stays in Japan, like people would have to import them. And I think we're seeing that with, um, Kamen Rider or Tokusatsu toys now. And the thing is, Tokusatsu toys are a much smaller market than video games were even back then. Yeah, yeah. So I totally agree with that. And I think Bluefin also, we we talked about that too in our interview with them, that the way we tell Bandai and everybody in Japan that we want this stuff is we really kind of have to put our money where our mouth is, I guess, or whatever the saying is. Um, money talks. Yeah, money does talk. So if you guys, everybody that's listening, if you really want to support more Kamen Rider toys or Tokusatsu toys in general coming over here, please support Bluefin, support stores, even like CS Toys, Kotetsu, Tokulectables, like just being able to support those stores that do directly communicate with us, um is really important because it does particularly with like bluefin and tokolectables it does go back to bandai and they do get to know what has sold what is selling what's the hot item what's not selling so we really you know we can ask them for these toys to come all we want on social media and they are listening they're doing a very good job of listening but the real the only real way they can listen is if we put our money down and really show that support and i know that's not possible for everybody and i'm not saying everybody has to do this but if you have the means mm-hmm. to i very much encourage you to do so but let's not talk about money during a, a pandemic it's a everybody's money is a little tight probably right now i know i'm not buying any toys anytime soon but let's do like a nice little fun discussion just to wrap up this toy podcast episode so i have a fun question for you all if you could come up with your own toy gimmick for rider sentai ultraman whatever what would it be that's a tough one because at this point a lot of the gimmicks that you could probably come up with have been done, especially when it comes to Ryder. Like, they've more or less done everything you can imagine short of the kitchen sink. And then at some <laughs> point, we actually did get the kitchen sink on Forze. So... That's funny. At, at a certain point, you have to just kind of figure, okay, what haven't they done yet? What blend of things can you put together in a way that doesn't seem like a complete and utter ripoff because it's like with Sentai, um, oh, is it a car or a dinosaur? Oh, it must be Sunday in Japan because that's usually what they go back to. It's cars and dinosaurs. Nothing selling, yeah. we go back to that. Uh, so something not that for Sentai for once would be 
interesting. But as far as Ultraman goes, I like how they're starting to finally get more toyetic. I, I didn't think I would like it, but I, I, I guess I really am because now I'm getting more interested in what they're selling. Uh, really, I wish they would have more items kind of like the Goshots or the Progress Keys where it has built-in sound into the collectible mm-hmm. item instead of just a, a flat piece of plastic. Yeah, I almost, mm. like, in my own head, I for Ultraman in particular, I always thought it'd be really cool if they did something similar to, like, the Ranger keys for Ultraman, where it was more of, like, a like a small, small, small figurine, not the Softies mm. or anything like that, or the Spark Dolls. But, like, it'd almost be cool, like, that's how they tap into the power of Ultraman, or they do, or maybe they do, like, Gokaiger, and they actually transform into the actual Ultraman, not a fusion of it. So that's something I always thought of. Like, ooh, this Ranger Key concept would be, like, really cool in Ultraman if you thought about it. But I didn't know. Does anybody have any, like, cool toy gimmick ideas that we should just be pitching to Mr. Toy? You know, it would be tough because we also have to keep it child-friendly, and I was I was floating the idea of, like, mm-hmm. using, like, different bullets or something, but that would not be a child-friendly toy because you can't be selling, like, bullet toys to little kids, right? Well, you don't say <laughs> the word bullet. You, you use a more friendly term like capsule. Like, or ammo. Like, or, capsule. Like, or like the judenshi. They're batteries. They're not bullets. They're batteries. You just put them yeah, in the gun and they charge but the they're gun. they're totally bullets. <laughs> they're toku bullets, yeah. You reminded me of this uh, fake rumor for what Kamen Rider Gaim or Gaimu at the time was going to be, and it was just collectible knives. <laughs> I'm sorry, that made me laugh. It's like, yeah, maybe that doesn't work. You know, that actually might be workable. So if you had like a handle or something like that, um, you know, have you ever seen, have you seen the new Voltron series where each of the, each of the paladins had like a different handle and it would form the weapon depending on their like mindset. Their Bayards. So you, yeah, the Bayards. Oh, nice. So you, you would have like different handles and that you could like um, plug into like your driver or your transformation trigger or whatever and twist it. Cause that would, you know, just plugging something in and twisting it would be like a really, really, um, you know, cathartic method of turning on the toy. So like different types of handles, like oh, here's the candle you want to put in when you want it to turn into a gun. Here's the handle for it to turn into a sword. Things like that. Oh, that's actually oh, yeah. a yeah, really you have, good yeah, idea. Yeah, you have like a tr- you have triggers on the handles so that they say different things. Mister Toei, <laughs> come on. Yeah, that that's the idea I had because that's what I would like to. Because if you had them out of the toy, then you can just play with them with my hand. You can like spin them around and like twirl them and like pull the triggers. And, like, they, they might have electronics inside them that say different things, too. Oh, my gosh. I would actually really enjoy something like that. Like, that sounds like fun. All right. Well, wow. I think a previous episode, uh, it was asked, like, is there any sort of writer gimmick you would want to see? And I, I basically said, I always wanted an artist writer. Never got one. So I made one. And, uh, you know, just a little follow up on that. Hey, Sentai is giving me an artist ranger. So that's nice. Yeah, they oh, are. Oh, see, we got Kirame Red. Yeah, I was thinking about, um, you know, what did I do with that character? Well, I just kind of copied existing gimmick items. Uh, so I don't really have one that I've uh, made that's original. But, you know, I think at this point, uh, going off what you were saying, I think it's time we got into the meta of toy-themed collectibles, like figurines. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine... 
what one of the uh, rumors for Common Rider Ghost was that the ghost icons were actually going to be figurines of previous writers. Really? Just like, okay, I, I can kind of see how that would work. I mean, you know, I guess if they're going that route, then that would be kind of interesting. But I do like the icons. I always thought they were kind of cool. Yeah. At the time, we didn't know that it was a pun on the word I. Oh. <laughs> One of my friends suggested the concept of a, um, a wrestling theme common writer where like you had like each common writer toy would be like a mask or something with a different thing. And then in the show, you would the it would be a show that had like wrestling motifs and you would lose whenever someone unmasked you. So you lost your Ooh. you lost your common, you know? You lost your mask. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> I like that. And then we can get Tanahashi in there because he's a lifelong Kamen Rider yes. fan and wrestler. And he can be like, oh, my God, can he be like the main rider? I know like we go for these pretty boys, but I would really like Tanahashi to be there. At the very least, he would be the really strong opponent in the movie. Yes. Yes, that's true. I have to agree with that so much. Tanahashi would be perfect for a wrestling thing. One, that's actually a really good gimmick. You know, I think that yeah. Right? You know, I think Kanako Urai, um, you know, you know Asuka, um, she would be a uh -huh. great female writer. Oh my All god! Right. Okay, replace what I just said. She needs to be the main writer <laughs> for this show. <laughs> Where is it, Toei? And then have her face off against Chihiro Yamamoto. Oh my oh, god. No, see, the potentials no, are girl. limitless. There's, there's infinite potentials for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I need guys. This now. Let's get Toei's exclusive line to pitch ideas and we'll we'll just go to town because these are some very, very good ideas. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing thinking of them. But guys, why don't we uh wrap up before I go on any more tangents about how much I love toys so thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the tokunet podcast we will be back in our next episode and thank you guys so much for joining us on the, the team itself so thank you josh thank you mel thank you ashton i hope you had a good time hanging out and talking toys together um and uh you'll hear us again soon have a good night, everybody. Oh, I do have one more thing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm all ears. <laughs> I, I I would not be able to get away without saying this. Uh, I'm also on the Soto Pop podcast. You can find it on YouTube. It is a podcast that was basically made by uh, me, Frozen Stratos, and the Living Ranger Key. Basically, we were all really big fans of Soto and the Candy Toy blog. We decided to do a podcast together where we talk about that stuff. Yes, please go check out that podcast. They are excellent, especially if you're somebody that's really into the Soto figures or even if you're not into them. It's a fun conversation that you guys have. So yes, please check that out. Mal is on it. And oh boy, who doesn't love talking more about toys? I know we do. But everybody, have a good night. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Kidamaki. <laughs> Gashoon. The Tokunet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. 
If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes or Stitcher. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thetokunet, where if you're at the writer tier level or higher, you can get early access to episodes and more. Team Tokunet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course our website, tokusatsunetwork.com.